So this next week, we are going to begin our um, sermon series and our, our small group time um, on the theme of faithful witness. Um, as you know, a few years back, our elders uh, spent some time looking back at our church's history and praying and discerning about who we are as a church. We identified four different characteristics that we believe that God has instilled in us as a congregation, and those are steadfast worship, healing community, uncommon unity, and faithful witness. And it's our plan and intention, Lord willing, that each fall we are going to write a curriculum uh, that our small groups will use, and then we will preach through the theme of that, uh, whatever uh, characteristic, through the fall. And so this fall we are focusing on the theme of, of faithful witness. And what we want to do as we begin our time this fall is to spend our day-to-day in prayer. In prayer for our small groups, in prayer for this particular characteristic of faithful witness to grow deeper and wider in our church community. Um, We just sang a song, I Will Call Upon the Lord. And it's a very familiar song. If you've been to church, you know it's kind of was one of those praise songs that was sung in the in the eighties and nineties a lot. And I just want us to consider what that means. To call upon the name of the Lord. To call upon his power, to call upon his character to call upon his work and action in our life. And that's what we're going to be doing today as we pray. And so our scripture passage today, if you want to go ahead and open your Bibles, is from 1 Peter chapter 4. And throughout our day today, as we pray for our small groups and pray for the characteristic of faithful witness for our church, we are going to walk through 1 Peter 4, chapter 7 through 11, and allow these verses to be a guide for our prayers this morning. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11, it says this, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, Love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Sims, you want to share a little bit about the the curriculum and what to expect? Before I share about the curriculum, I just wanted to encourage us. The first verse that we're looking at speaks of being being watchful in prayer, realizing that the Lord is coming soon. And I just want to encourage us that the measure of our knowing and being very aware of that the Lord is coming soon is how much we pray watchfully. That measures how much we know. We might say it all we want, but if we are not praying watchfully, we are missing something. And there are a few things that Paul goes on to speak about, which we're going to share today. I'm so excited to do this uh, with Ryan today. So um, the curriculum is out at the back on, 
on the table there at the back. Please pick up one of these if you haven't, especially if you're in a small group. This is going to help you in the next few weeks as your small group goes through this. Um, we have printed a few, and they're sitting there at the back. Some people have picked up already. Um, and if you know somebody who's in your small group, small group leaders who has not picked up one yet, emphasis not picked up one yet please pick up one for them and if you are here and you're in a small group don't expect your leader to pick it up for you you pick it up for yourself and take it with you um, it's going to help us as we go through um, the uh, faithful witness curriculum this year and then another thing that i want to emphasize talking about small groups and the curriculum is that we still have open small groups that are looking for people and we still have people who are not in small groups that are sitting in the pews. And I want to encourage you to go to the back by the community life there. There she's waving a hand. There Miss Lisa is waving a hand. Go up there. There is forms there and different groups that you can choose to be part of and sign up for a group. This just helps because we are called to walk together. We are not called to walk alone. We are called to walk together. And our small groups is one of those actually one of those most important ways to walk together with in this church. On Sunday here, I've said it before, it's like a McDonald's drive through Sunday here in the morning, we come here, we praise God together, and anyone can hide, anyone can walk away and not be known, and anyone can walk away with no relationship. But if you're in a small group, you are in relationship. Because those people become a family to you. I'm going to talk about this later. Let me not waste my time talking about it. But yeah, just to encourage you, I get so excited about that because small groups are very important to me. But just to remind you, please pick up one of these at the back today. Yeah, and just so we say, we have been, we've been praying that, that our church would understand that to be a part of Broadway Christian would be to be a part of a small group, that that would really be so integral to our life here. Um, and so if you're not a part of one, we just encourage you to pray about that, to consider time and space in your week where that might be able to happen for you. So I just want to share a little bit about how this day is going to go. Um, again, we're going to use 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11 as our guide today. And so what's going to happen is, is Simpson or I will come up and share a few words of devotional from the text. And then we're going to lead you in prayer. Sometimes we will lead from a prayer from the front. Other times we're going to invite you to pray your, your prayers out loud from, from your seats. Where we today are going to call upon the name of the Lord. His power, his wisdom, his, his might, his kindness, his generosity, that he would... We are asking for all of those things to be a reality in our life, a reality in our small groups, and a reality in our church. And so I'd like to ask for the worship team to come on forward, and they'll lead us in a, in a couple of songs, and I'm going to pray for us as we, as we begin. God in heaven, we are, are seeking you today. We are using our voices to call on you. We, we pray that our, our hearts would be, would be filled with our attention toward you that our, our minds and our words and our hearts would express our hopes to you for ourselves and for our world, for our friends around us, for our small groups. Lord, we call upon your name today. We thank you that we get to know your name through Jesus, our Messiah. Amen. So going on, um, on praying for our small groups today, we are looking at First Peter, 
and we're looking at 4-8 together, and we're going to pray for the small group family. It says, and above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. I, I just want us to go back a little bit and think, he said in the beginning in verse 7, that the end, seeing that the end is at hand, seeing that Jesus is coming back again, be serious in prayer, be watchful in your prayers. Now then he says, above all things, have fervent love for one another. Not just love. He says, have fervent love for one another. In these last days, for us to live together as a church family, we need to have fervent true love for one another. It's easy to just say, yeah, I love so-and-so. It's easy to throw out the word when you talk to somebody, I love you. But love is an action too. Love is not just words that we say. Love is in our walk with one another. Having fervent love with one another for here is practice for us since we know that it's coming, the, the end is coming soon. It's practice for us for eternity because you're going to be with that. Look around you. The child of God who's sitting next to you, you're going to be with them for eternity. So your love, you can practice that loving them fervently here. I know some husbands and wives are looking at each other and smiling and thinking, oh yes, we hit the jackpot. But also other people around you that are not your husband and, and wife, that are believers. You will be living with them for eternity. So this is an, a, a place for us to understand that with eternity in mind, we need to love each other fervently. Then it says, for love will cover a multitude, a multitude of sins. And it's not the multitude of sins for the one who's being loved only, but for the multitude of sins of the one who loves. We are there to love each other in a way that we cover each other's nakedness. It's not that we don't confront each other when there are situations, that's a different thing. But we cover each other's nakedness because we love one another. And when we are, when we are in a small group, our loving one another would help us to be in a place where we care for each other enough to not air each other's laundry out to the world to see, but to be able to help each other deal with our laundry and work through it. Amen? Amen. So this is what he is calling us to do. And there's something that I, I got here. I don't know who the writer of this is, so I can't give credit, but I'll read it out because this was really good on this scripture, on this particular verse. He says, Where love abounds in, in fellowship of Christians, many small offenses, even some large ones, are readily overlooked and forgotten. But where love is lacking, every word is viewed with suspicion. Every action is liable to misunderstanding and conflict about to Satan's perverse delight. When we love each other well fervently, we are not picking on each and every word with suspicion. We give each other the benefit of doubt because we love one another. When we love one another, 
we are not trying by all means when we listen to somebody to catch them where they are wrong we're actually trying to walk with them and listen well and understand them and in our small groups this is one of the things that we need to be doing to sit there and be able to hear each other we're going to have a time in our small group where we're going to do um, when we're going to go through our biblical mandate where we share what we feel God is leading us to. And these steps there are helping us on how to listen well to one another. And also, not only just listening, but how to love each other well by calling out those things that we see that are good in others and calling them out and, and mentioning them and praying for them on that. Yes, we will see the bad and the ugly too as we walk together. I don't like the word community. Because I think the standard is very low for a community. I like the word family because the standard is high of relationship in family. And I want to encourage us in our small groups to create a family sense where the standard is high for loving and caring for one another despite each other. And we hear here, he says, love one another. It doesn't just stand there. He says, love one another fervently. That, that's a pursuit. That's, a, that's, a, uh, that's being intentional and pursuing to love. Jesus loved us fervently. That while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And we are called to not just love one another, but to love each other fervently. And I want to encourage us in our small groups. As we go into our small groups... This is not a time to look for, um, for each word that we are listening to, that he said something wrong there, he said something wrong, she said something wrong there. Yes, we'll hear those and we'll talk about them, but that's not the main thing. The main thing that we are coming there for is to love each other fervently, is to walk with each other, is to give each other the benefit of doubt, is to know that I know that Alan can say this, but Alan has the heart of God. And because he is a heart of God, I can trust him that when he says this, he's saying it out of love for those who are hearing and for those who are saying. And I want to encourage us as we go into the small groups. This is what we are called to do. Nothing else. Nothing else. And with this, we are going to move into communion together with this very scripture, and I love putting the scripture into the context of communion. Because Paul speaks to us, we read that last week, that if anyone has got something that they need to deal with, they need to put everything aside, go and deal with that, and then come back and commune with the saints. And I want to encourage you, as we start this week, or this month coming, this fall, coming with this curriculum of being a faithful witness, one of the ways to be a faithful witness is to walk in reconciliation, not only with God, but with one another. We can only be witnesses when we walk in reconciliation with God, but also walk in reconciliation with one another. It's a cross. And I want to encourage you before we, sit, before we come into communion, which we're going to come to, if there is something that you know that you need to deal with with your brother or your sister, if they're in this room, I want to give you a minute to go to them. I know it's daring. It's hard. It may be painful. It may be a little embarrassing to some people. But
but it's what we need to do. Before we sit at the table together in unity, let's fix this relationship with one another. This we have fixed. Praise God. Jesus bought this for us. But there is work here that we need to fix in relationship with one another. And Paul says here we love each other fervently. And this is another way of loving each other fervently before we come to the table. So I'm going to give us a minute. I'm going to sit down here and wait and give us a minute. If there is something that you need to deal with your brother or with your sister, I encourage you to walk to them. And I don't, I, and I, as well, church, I'm asking you not to look around who's walking to who or whatever. It's none of your business. Fix your own business. Let us be busy fixing our own business and not watching others. We need to fix this. I feel that the more we walk away and not fix things, the more the cracks grow and the more it's unhealthy for us and the more we are not a witness. And so I'm just going to throw it out there. If you've got something that you need to fix with your brother or your sister, I encourage you to walk to them. That's, a, that's not a walk of shame. That's a walk of bravery. That's a walk of love to your brother and sister and say to them, hey, we might need to talk about this, but for now, can we fix this? Make that first start before we do communion today. verse 32 up to verse 37. He says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart, one soul. Neither did any one of them consider the things they possessed their own, but they had it all in common. And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And a great grace was upon them all, nor was there anyone amongst them who lacked anything. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought them the proceeds to, sorry, brought the proceeds of the things they sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. And they distributed to each and everyone as they needed. And Joseph, one who was named Barnabas by the apostles, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. And so we see the picture of a church that is walking together. And it says they went from house to house, breaking bread together and giving thanks. And we're grateful in all things. And I want to encourage us now, our small groups, as we go from house to house, breaking bread, which is God's word together, and giving thanks. The next verse in 1 Peter says, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. When you think of hospitality, what do you think about? What comes to your mind when you think of hospitality? Food? All right, what else? What was that? <laughs> Lisa Darvish, all right, I like it. Open arms. Being brought into your home. You know, we have something in America called the hospitality industry. 
where there's, you know, you go to hotels and you don't really interact with anybody except for maybe somebody at the front desk, and you don't even really have to do that very often anymore. But the biblical vision of hospitality is much, much deeper than that, and it includes the things you've talked about, about food, being welcomed into somebody's home, about open arms, and particular people who feel called to that. And we have some, some people in our church, our small group hosts, people who have opened up their home, who we are going to pray for. So if you are a small group host, I'd like for you to come on forward and just to stand right up here, and we are going to pray a prayer for you. So all small group hosts, come on up. Don't delay. Come on up. We are going to pray for you. You know, what, what all of us really long for, um, you know, th- there's a place for... Uh, a beautiful banquet with beautiful food and beautiful place settings and all that sort of thing. There's a place for that kind of celebration. But really, what we all really long for is something deeper than that. We long for a place, a place to belong, a people to belong to. Uh, I've talked in the past that in our lives with one another, that we need more people in our lives who have refrigerator rights in our house. People who know that they are welcome enough to come into our house and to, to be in our business, whatever that is. And, um, and so that's what we desire for these small groups, and that's what we desire for our relationships with one another in our church. And so uh, would you just reach out your hands, and I'm going to pray uh, this prayer for us and in particular for our small group hosts. Our Father in heaven, thank you for inviting each one of us into your house, for showing us your heart that you desire to make our place and your place the same place. You were kind to us and those of us who are very far away from you that you brought us very near to you. When we were strangers and foreigners, you brought us in, and even when we were your enemies, You sent your son, Jesus, to die for us. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your example of hospitality when you walked this earth. You saw people like us, the sick and the sinner and the orphan and the lonely, and you had compassion and you moved toward them. You invited the little children to come to you to sit in your lap and to hold them in your arms. Holy Spirit, I ask you to bless these hosts of our small groups who are opening their homes to us. Thank you for their example and for the way that they are expressing your heart for the world because of their willingness to make their place our place. Lord, I pray that this role that they have committed to would be a joy for them. That even in the weeks when it's really hard, when their own lives feel scattered and hectic, I pray that they will experience your presence in their preparation and your presence when their brothers and sisters walk through their door. I pray that you will be at work in them as they go about being obedient to you in this particular way that you've called them, that you would use their commitment to hospitality to do a deep work in their own souls to make them more and more like Jesus. Give them your heart for the stranger and for the foreigner, for the little children. Give them your heart for the sick and the sinner and the orphan and the lonely. So, God, we pray that you will bless their homes. We pray for safety and protection for their homes and for their families and for the visitors that walk through their doors. We pray that their homes will be holy places where people meet you. 
And so, Lord, we ask for true and deeper family as we sit around tables or couches or scattered on the floor. We pray that this year will be a year of more and more refrigerator rights in our church. I pray that good food and good drinks will be a place where we experience your presence together. I pray we will know one another. I pray that those who are lonely will experience family, that those who are sick will experience healing community. I pray that our children will learn to follow Jesus by watching their spiritual aunts and uncles. I pray that our babies will take naps in the arms of our friends. Lord, would you do this work in us? And I pray that these hosts in the the ministry that you've called them to, that their example would lead each one of us to open our hearts and our homes and our space and our time to the strangers around us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. To lead small groups, I invite you to come forward. We're going to pray for small group leaders. We're going to move to the next scripture. The next scripture speaks of, as each one of you has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let them minister with ability uh, which God supplies. And God has given us different gifts. Paul says in Corinthians, we are like a body with different parts. And he says there that we've been given manifest, manifold, many, many, many gifts. They're manifold, they're different, they're different in the way that they are. And we want to pray for our leaders as they go to identify those gifts in the people that they lead and also to use their different gifts with the small group. It's like different rays and colors, many colors and rays of light that comes together and brings this beautiful light. That's the work of the different giftings that God has for us. And so I'm going to pray for you guys too as small group leaders. And I'll ask, I'll ask the elders actually to come forward, except the ones who are up here already. If you're an elder down there, I'll ask you to come forward. Come up with me here, elders. Except those who are small group leaders who are still down here. I know, Matt. It's hard to be an elder and a small group leader. <laughs> All right. Um, and I'll ask, I'll ask Steve to pray for our small group leaders. And we're going to join together in prayer. Let's stretch our hands and pray for our small group leaders. Father God, your heart is for your people. Your desire is for their love. And you desire to see them and feeling loved and and cared for your sheep are important to you lord and you've given us under shepherds to take care of them lord our small group leaders are those who you've given us to to care for us we thank you lord that you have instilled in them this desire and i pray that you will protect that desire no matter how hard it can be at times, no matter how tired they get, Lord, fill them with your spirit. Give them your strength. Give them your wisdom of words. Give them your heart of compassion to cry, to listen. Open ears 
Lord, fill them with the understanding of what is needed at the time. May their hearts be your hearts, Lord, so that your ministry can go forward to us. Thank you, Jesus, for them. And I pray a special blessing upon their families, that you will surround them and protect them with your holy angels, that you will give them wisdom, that you will keep the evil one at bay, Lord, that you will be their protection and you will be their solid rock. God, we lift this up to you, this, this whole ministry that these leaders are doing and that they will be doing. We thank you that you have given this to them. And we pray and lift them up to you now that it will be going forth in your strength, your power, your might, and in your love and your wisdom. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. As I mentioned, our theme for the fall is faithful witness. And the last part of 1 Peter chapter 4 that we've been looking at today says that if anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. John Piper once said that mission or evangelism or witness exists because worship does not. That there are places in the world that do not yet give glory and praise to God through Jesus Christ. And because of that, we are called to go and bear witness. As people who in our lives seek to give glory and praise and honor to God through Jesus, we go and bear witness to others with that same message of the good news of Jesus. And so what I'd like for us to do as we are closing our time today is for you to bring to mind a person or two in your mind who you hope for to come to know who Jesus is. And if you would just say out that person's name, so you would call out to God that person's name, that they would come to know you in the, in Jesus in this season. Amen. Broadway Christian Church, thank you for showing up to this today. This is important, eternal kind of work that we must do together as a body if we're going to see uh, the fruit that God is calling us to. And so thank you for coming and for you weren't expecting this today, but you showed up to it as we led you. And so thank you for your heart and your mind being directed toward God in prayer. Uh, may God be with you as you go today. Amen.